Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is Live From Home. I want to bring you greetings from my wife, Sandy, and we want to welcome all of our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue members, all the Mishpacha from around the world. This is Erev Shabbat on Friday, July 3rd, 2020. And this evening, Brian and Deanne Rose will welcome us to their home to lead us in Hebrew prayers and in worship. And after that, Rabbi Yuri and I will join live from home and we'll share from the scriptures. Then we'll return to the Rose family for a final worship song. This is gonna be a great time to be together. I wanna to encourage you to hit the share button right now on Facebook to let your friends know that you're watching and that this is a great time for them to join. I have a personal goal that we would get up to 50 shares during our live from home gathering today or tomorrow. We wanna to hit that 50 mark. That's a little goal I have personally. Also hit the like and the follow buttons and join us with your comments. At the beginning, we like to greet one another in the comment section, and then we can enter into worship together and study together as well. It's great for you to use the comment section to put in scripture references that we're using, or the text from one of the scriptures, or a pull quote from our teachings. And I wanna tell you that if you stay on track and you participate in this way, it really adds something to all of us. So from Sandy and me, Shabbat Shalom, and now let's join the Rose family to live from home. Hi everyone, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Rabbi David. Um, my name is Brian Rose and I'm here with my daughter Audrey and my wife Deanne and my boys Alex and Brendan will be joining us in a minute. And we just wanna welcome you to live from home. Let's open up this Arab Shabbat by lighting the candles, Audrey. Uh, ladies, please rise as we um, do the candle lighting prayer. Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, Atshir kitshonu bidvarecha, Banatavanu et Yeshua mishikenu, Vetzivanu le'eot ola olam. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us in your word and has given us Yeshua our Messiah and has commanded us to be the light to the world. Amen. And now we'll continue with the Shema. So you can stand and face the direction of Jerusalem and join us with the Shema. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Lord is our God, the Lord is one. 
Blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord.
me. Mm-hmm. 
This is Rabbi Yuri, Shabbat Shalom, and welcome into our home. Thank you, Brian and Diane and family for ushering us into Shabbat. I'm so happy to share this time with you, and I thank you for joining us today. So today is very special Shabbat. Today is very special Torah portion, very interesting Torah portion, very deep, very important for all of us. And I want to talk about God's love and the importance to keep the right attitude in our hearts, how important it is to be in the right position before the Lord. I want to talk at, about how important it is for us to have wisdom and watch over our hearts, to be able to maintain attitude of love and not hatred, forgiveness and not judgment. The first place I want to use, and I want to ask you to open the scriptures with me. Please open book of Proverbs, chapter 4. And let's, let's be together in the word of God. So Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Very simple and very interesting place of the scriptures. Guard your heart diligently. For from it flow the springs of life. Guard your heart. This is the source of life. Everything comes from heart. The Lord called us into his love. And his main calling to us is to love our neighbors. It's the second commandment. First, the love your God. And the second one, the love your neighbors. And I know from, you know, from our lives, we all knew that all know that it is so easy to become a skeptic, to judge others, to fight others, 
and it takes a lot of strain and faith to love and to show mercy to our enemies and to people around us. Not only enemies, but also to people who are close to us. It takes energy, it takes faith, it takes everything from us. So let's look at the one of the most obvious examples in the Bible. And we can find it in today's chapter from the Torah. So it is a story from the life of Moses and life of Israel. It's in Numbers chapter 20 from verse uh, 6. Numbers chapter 20 from verse 6. And again, we see a problem here. Uh, people of Israel wants water. They're thirsty. And I understand it's, it's hard to be in the wilderness without water. It's a difficult moment in their life. But they made their own choice. They start fighting with Moses, with the Lord. Uh, the Lord waited for them to come to him, to ask him. But they were fighting with him. So verse 6 and on. So Moses and Aaron went from before the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. And I love this place. I want to, to capture our attention here. First thing they do, they went into the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. They were filled with compassion to these people. Then the glory of Adonai appeared to them. What if they would not go there, but they went? Verse 7. Adonai spoke to Moses saying, Take the staff and gather the assembly, you and your brother Aaron. We need clear voice of God in our lives today. We need. And only place we can find the Lord in, it is in, in his presence. Only the place to be in his presence, to find wisdom for us today. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will give out its water. And again, beautiful picture. The rock give out its water, water from the rock. You will bring out water from rock, and you will give the community something to drink along with their livestock. Verse 9. So everything, everything great until these verses. So Moses took the staff from before the presence of Adonai, just as he had commanded him. So until this point, Moses is obedient. He took his staff, he went uh, before the assembly of uh, Israel, and he gathered them together. Verse 10. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly in front of the rock. So can you imagine so many multitudes of people around this rock? And here it is Moses in obedience before the Lord. He took his staff. Everything's fine until this moment. He said, listen now, you rebels. Must we bring your, you water from this rock? And verse 11. Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with the staff. Water gushed out, the community and its livestock drank. But Adonai said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me, trust in me, 
so as to esteem me as holy in the eyes of Bnei Israel. Therefore, you will not bring this assembly into the land that I have given to them. Verse 13. These are the waters of Meribah, where Bnei Israel contented with Moses, and where Adonai showed himself holy among them. Yeah, this is a very difficult story, which many people misunderstand. It's a hard story to read. When I first time read this story, it was hard for me to me, and it, it took years and actually many hours to think about it, to read about it, to examine my heart, to think about this, to meditate about this, to understand this story. We need to understand that Moses was irritated by the people and he was in anger. And actually we can read, he judged the people of Israel in front of this rock. This one was one of the most difficult moment in his life, in life of Moses because he took everything personal. He started to defend himself and act in his own anger. He took it personally. It was not against him, it was against the Lord, but he took it personally. Moses, who was faithful to the Lord in all things, once committed a sin before the nation of Israel at a very in inappropriate time. And because of this, he did not enter the promised land. It was his problem. It was his sin. So to understand what happened here and why the Lord was angry at Moses and Aaron, let's look into Brita Hadasha, New Testament. And let's read together. Let's open 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2 to 4, because Bible has all the answers we need to know for us. Why it was so serious why it had so much consequences in the life of Moses. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2 and 4. And this is a key uh, to understand this place of scripture. So let's read together. They all were immersed into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3. And all ate the same spiritual food. You remember manna and you know can you imagine 40 years of manna now we know why uh, we have so good food and so many other things because for 40 years we ate only manna in the <laughs> breakfast lunch dinner manna verse 4 and all drank the same spiritual drink for they were drinking from a spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Messiah. The rock was Messiah. The rock is Yeshua. One of the names of the Lord, the rock of our salvation or the rock of salvation. What an important and prophetic picture here. What a beautiful picture here. The people of Israel were weary and thirsty. They were in a difficult condition, wounded and rebelled against the Lord. It was their condition. And the Lord brought them to the rock of their salvation, to the special place, place of mercy, place of Yeshua, to the rock of their salvation. 
and we need to understand it was not a small uh, drop of water it was not small um, piece it was a river of living water and now water to quench the thirst of millions of people what did they prophetically drink yeah they drink living water from the rock of salvation it was the prophetic picture of the holy spirit the holy spirit came from yeshua the messiah i love psalm 18 and let's read together psalm 18 verse 2 and verse 3 i like this place of scripture and can you imagine the king david praying this prayer with all his heart and it, actually it's prophetic prayer he said i love you adonai my strength verse 3 adonai is my rock my fortress and my deliverer my god is my rock in him i take refuge my shield my horn of salvation my stronghold adonai is my refuge adonai is my deliverer adonai is my rock it is about us it is about people of israel back then in time of moses they were weary and adonai was their salvation they were rebel but the lord showed his love to them the rock was to become a place of mercy not a place of anger it was in heart of of the lord the Lord wanted to show mercy to his people despite all that had happened, despite their rebellion and unfaithfulness. He wanted to fulfill their thirst and heal their wounds. It was in the heart of the Lord to show mercy, to be merciful to them. The Lord had told Moses to speak to the rock before their eyes, only to speak, not to struck the rock but to speak to the rock he wished the people to witness his mercy and his forgiveness instead of it moses shouted angrily at the people he blamed them he called them rebels and then struck the rock in his anger not once but twice two times this place supposed to be a picture of the heart of god to all of us this place meant to be a picture of his eternal love and eternal plan of salvation. One of my favorite uh, places, it's in James, actually, uh, Yaakov, chapter 2, verse 13. And this one of the places I read when I came to the Lord and Lord touched my heart so deeply through this place of scripture. It's in uh, James or Yaakov, chapter 2, verse 13. For judgment is merciless to the one who does not show mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy is much higher than judgment. It triumphs over, over judgment. Even despite our failures and sins, despite the defeats due to our disobedience and our sin, our Heavenly Father is ready to show His great mercy to us. It is in His heart. And 
in the end, I would like to read the essence of the Bible, the heart of the Bible, the good news for us. It's in Luke chapter 15. I believe all of us, we know this place. But I want to read again to remind us about how the Lord loves us. What is his heart to us? Let's read Luke chapter 15 from verse 10. And let's, let's, let's read it together. So, and please think about it. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents, even one sinner. So you and me, together, we, we are sinners who came to the Lord. It is, it is so important to understand, to remember that this is joy in the heavens because of us, because of our tshuva, our repentance. Verse 11, then Yeshua said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to the father, father, give me the share of the property that comes to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And I mean, it is a horrible thing to do, living father and to divide his property and take his own part. It's like, it's very difficult for father. It is abusive. Verse 13, not many days later. So after first step, after first rebellion, it comes second part, second step. Not many days later, the younger son gathered everything and traveled to a far country. And there he spent his inheritance on wild living. So freedom, freedom, do whatever you want. But every freedom, kind of freedom, it's not a freedom, but it's false freedom, has its own problems, its own cost. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine came against that country and he began to be in need. This is what's happened with us when we're far away from the Lord. Actually, this is what's happening now in America, in not only America, but around the world. People are so in need spiritually. People are so empty. People, they don't know what to do with the freedom they have. And it's a problem because our freedom meant to serve the Lord. Our freedom only in the Lord. Only with the Lord we can be free. Verse 15. So he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs unkosher thing and it's not only unkosher but but unthinkable things to feed pigs and he was longing to fill up on the car pots the pigs were eating but no one was giving him any this is condition of of the heart of the lord difficult difficult condition Verse 17, but when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired workers have food overflowing? But here I am dying, dying of hunger. Verse 18, I'll get up and go to my father and I'll say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your presence. 
And I love this place because it's not only against you, but I sinned against heaven. He understood this is sin, not only against his father, but against everything holy, everything important. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. And he got up and went to his own father. But while he was still far away, and this is an amazing picture, his father saw him and felt compassion. He ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. When the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your presence. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. Then they began to celebrate. What a story. It's the heart of the Bible. father did something unexpected when i read this story for the first time and when i read it for the first time in my life i was ready to read about father's justice his judgment i thought now he will punish his son but instead of that the father restored his son completely he gave him the best his robe the ring, which represents the family authority, and the sandals represents the complete restoration. From that moment, from that moment, moment and on, it was like nothing happened. Completely forgiven, restored, and loved. I want to tell you that this is story about us, about me and about you. Let's always remember the heart of God and also that you and I we were the prodigal, prodigal sons and daughters. This will help us to find strength and source of love to the sinners around us who are to come to the Lord through our love and prayers. Thank you so much. Let's welcome Rabbi David. Rabbi David. Rabbi Yuri, I really like this theme that you developed tonight. And I'm thinking about how we can find ourselves far away from God. And then as we move towards him, we may have this view that God just wants to judge us. He doesn't. He wants to receive us. He wants to spare us of judgment. He wants to show us forgiveness. And I think when we recognize that for ourselves, that we can be forgiven and be forgiven in a mighty way, in such a full way, with the great love of God, it actually causes us to love others more. The forgiveness that we receive enables us to show forgiveness to other people. We're living in a world that's just filled with criticism and judgment, with, with polarizing views and, and different ways that people dismiss each other. But the scriptures are teaching us how important it is to have different attitudes, to have the heart of the Lord who's ready to see people restored, even those who have been wrong, even those who have done things that are just awful 
he is ready to make a way for reconciliation. And I'm thinking about this week's scripture readings. We have a double portion of readings from the scriptures this week. The first portion is Parshat Chukat, and the second portion is Parshat Balak. And in the first Parsha, the first portion, we read about Moses, and Moses is the great prophet and the great teacher and the lawgiver to Israel. He's the favorite son of Judaism. And we read this week about a very sad moment when he fails, when he falls short as a leader and as a man of God. Moses, the good prophet, fails. And then in the second Parsha, we read about Balaam or Balaam in Hebrew. And he is the false prophet extraordinaire. And we read about how Balaam prophesies beautifully about Israel. Balaam, the bad prophet, does good. And as I'm thinking about those two contrasting views, I just go, oi, the good one fails and the bad one does something good. The first Parsha, Numbers 20, verse 7 through verse 12, Rabbi Yuri read from that today about how the Lord told Moses to speak to the rock. And instead, he struck the rock. And Moses raised his hand in verse 11, and he hit the rock twice with his staff. Water flowed out in abundance, and the community and their livestock drank. Verse 12, but Adonai said to Moses and to Aaron, because you did not trust in me, so as to cause me to be regarded as holy by the people of Israel, you will not bring this community into the land that I have given them. You see, even Moses falls short. Even Moses can let his temper and his personal frustration get in the way. And then we read in the second Parsha, the false prophet, Balaam, prophesies from the Lord. It's in Numbers chapter 24. You might want to turn there. I always want to encourage you to have your Bible ready and be prepared to turn. It's always a good idea to have read the Torah portions and the Haftor and the Brit HaChadashah before we gather together so that you're already familiar. You're thinking about some of the great themes that we'll be discussing. Numbers 24 verse 1, when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as at the other times to make use of divination, but he looked toward the desert. That's very interesting because this is a little detail that was left out of the narrative. We only discover it now. Every other time, Bilam, the false prophet, was using sorcery, divination. He was using forbidden powers in order to try to curse Israel. But this time, he didn't do it. Verse 2, Bilam raised his eyes and he saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe. And then the Spirit of God came upon him and he made his pronouncement. And of course, this is troubling. It's troubling for everyone who thinks a false prophet is completely bad and false. The Spirit of God actually comes upon this false prophet, this man who had been using divination and witchcraft and the occult in order to curse. In verse 3, he made his pronouncement. This is the speech of Bilam, son of Beor, the speech of the man whose eyes have been opened. 
the speech of him who hears God's word, who sees what should die, God Almighty sees, who has fallen and yet now has opened eyes. And this is what he said in Hebrew, Matovu, O Halecha Yaakov, Mishkenotecha Yisrael. How good, how lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your dwelling places, O Israel. The Matovu is actually included in the Siddur, the traditional Jewish prayer book. And in this passage, we see that a false prophet may be false, but he may have something good to say. He may even be used by God on occasion to speak something true. Balaam is a false prophet. You want to write that down. Some of you in the comment section, I want to encourage you, write this down. Balaam is a false prophet. Balaam, that's how you say in the South, Balaam. Balaam is a false prophet. But God used him at this moment to speak a word of blessing. This is a very subtle, and I think it's an important teaching about the human condition. Even a false prophet may have something good to say on occasion. Should you trust in him as a prophet? Absolutely not, because he's not a prophet from God. He's a false prophet. Balaam was a false prophet. He wanted to curse Israel. And if you read the whole story, you'll see that he kept returning to this plan to curse Israel. He kept returning to his goal to earn the false prophet's wages by successfully cursing Israel. And he found a way to do it. It's a very terrible thing. He's a false prophet. But even this one, Balaam, the false prophet, had a moment where his eyes were opened and he experienced something with the Lord and he spoke what the Lord showed him and he gave praise to Israel. He spoke well of Israel. He didn't keep it in his heart. He didn't keep God's attitude in his heart, but he did say something that was good. And in this way, the Bible teaches us not to be dismissive of the good in other people, even our enemies. It also teaches us on the other hand, as we look at Moses, not to idealize people. Even Moses, even Moses, not to idealize. Now, I don't mean idolize. I mean idealize. I-D-E-A-L-I-Z-E. -E. Not to idealize ourselves and our friends and our people, and our movements, and not even our spiritual heroes, not to be dismissive of our own sins and faults. Idealize is to regard or represent as perfect or better than in reality. And these two perspectives, not to be dismissive of our enemies and not to idealize our heroes and our friends. These are very useful. They're necessary for everyone who wants to be useful to God and who hopes and tries to bring restoration and reconciliation and renewal. Useful for all of us who want to better the world that other people are living in, to touch the world for good. We should not just be dismissive of those who disagree with us and those who oppose us or we can find the good in other people. We shouldn't dehumanize them. It's a dangerous thing to do that. 
On the other hand, we shouldn't romanticize ourselves or look at ourselves, our friends, our heroes through rose-colored glasses. The Bible teaches us another way, to see things with a good heart, but to see the truth in a straightforward way. Even the best of us fall short. Even the best of us sins. That is our human condition. And that's why every one of us needs forgiveness. Every one of us needs mercy from God. Every one of us needs the sacrifice to cover our sins that Yeshua provides for us. And even the worst of us, even the worst, whether it's the prodigal who abandoned his father and betrayed the father's love, even the prodigal and even Balaam has something good to offer. It's important for us to stay simple about these things and to remind ourselves that God is looking for people who can be simple with him and who can keep our hearts right before him so that we can be useful to other people. The Haftor portion from the prophet Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, speaks of three commandments which the prophet Micah distills in this week's reading. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Or you could put it another way, to do justice, and to cherish mercy, and to walk in humility before God. When we embrace those three commands from God, it puts us in a better position to be led by the Holy Spirit and to be guided by Yeshua in our daily walk. And with all this in mind, let's remember something. We know the world is broken. We know it needs help and it needs healing. I want you to write this down in the comment section if you would. The world is broken, exclamation point. That's not a surprise to you. How many of you already knew that? Everyone knows the world is broken. I want you to focus not just on the brokenness of this world, but on this other point. This broken world needs help and healing. We know there is much difficulty and even tragedy and sorrow all around us, and the world needs to know that there is also good news. Let's not get so frustrated that we forget our calling in God. We're called to bring good news to the people around us, to comfort them with the comfort that God has shown us during our own difficulties. And with that, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 17, and we'll look at a few verses that Sandy was studying this week, and she shared with me. The Lord put this passage from Luke chapter 4 on Sandy's heart. I want to share it with you today. Luke 4, starting in verse 17. I'll read the David Levine Amplified Version, if you will. During the Shabbat service, the parchment scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to Yeshua. Unrolling it, Yeshua found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim salvation and deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
And then verse 20, Yeshua rolled up the scroll. He returned it to the Gabai, to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. Verse 21, and he began by saying this, today, this scripture is brought into fullness in your hearing. I asked Andy, what, what touched you as you were reading that? Why did that seem so important? And, and she said, look at, look at the connections point by point. Bring good news to the poor. Healing to broken hearts. Proclaim liberty to captives, to people who are captive. Recovery of sight to the blind. Liberty for the oppressed. And proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord to announce the year of the Lord's favor. That even though all around you, you're going through difficulty and, and you're seeing how broken life is, there is a God who wants to set some things right, who wants to fix what is broken, who wants to bring to you what you cannot give to yourself so that you can then minister to other people who are in trouble as well. And in the days to come, when you're thinking about our mandate, our calling, I wanna encourage you, don't allow frustration, offense, anger, or difficulty to stop us. Don't take difficulty in opposition so personally that it keeps us from doing what God has called us to do. There's a Hebrew word we say all the time, kadima. You can write that down. Some of you in the comment section, please write this. K-A-D-I-M-A, that's the English transliteration of the Hebrew. It means charge or forward. We move forward. We move together, kadima. We move forward in a way that causes others to regard God as holy. Let's spread a pandemic of blessing. That's another good thing to put in the comment section today, a pandemic of blessing. Let's spread a pandemic of blessing all around us. Let's be a blessing to people all around us. Let's multiply blessing all around us. I believe God gives us that anointing. He gives us that opportunity. And I want to encourage you, take, it, take advantage of this opportunity that God has given us. Every time the light of God shines from you to another person, every time God's light is reflected in your life through your actions, through your kindnesses, through your mercy, through your forgiveness, through your patience, through your compassion, through every small and every big thing that you do that shows the love of God to another person. Every time you do that, you make a real difference in this world. This world which is so broken, this world which is so forlorn, so disappointed, so, so divided, and so at odds with each other. This world can be fixed heart by heart, life by life. And you and I have been given the Holy Spirit to help us do that. I want to encourage you to be a blessing, to take the call of Abraham very seriously and to use every opportunity that you have. When you find yourself falling short, I know I did this past week. I found myself hurt and offended um, and I had to deal with my own hurt and my own offense. 
I had to deal with what is right and what is wrong, not just about the one who hurt me, but about myself and my reaction. You and I, we have flaws. So do all the people around us. Once we can accept that, we can show God's love and his forgiveness in a very generous way. I want to encourage you to do that. Tomorrow, we are going to have another wonderful time together. And right after the worship, we are going to have a time of blessing like we do when we are in synagogue together and have for the last many years together. When we're at synagogue, we, we have a time during our, our tour service where we invite the children and then we invite the adults to come up under a magnificent and very large talit. And we pray blessing over the children and then blessing over the adults. And we're going to do that tomorrow morning. And then we're going to continue to do that um, as part of our way of reclaiming many of the things that are very vital to us and sharing them with people all around. People who have connected with us through podcasts for many, many years have never been able to participate in this part. And those of you who are at home, you have a new opportunity that I want to encourage you in. You can invite your family together tomorrow right after the worship. You can invite them to worship with us, to sing with us, and then as well to gather with you. And if you have a talit, guys, you can take your talit and you can use it as a canopy to cover your family. We'll, we'll post a picture of the Stone and Dexter House family and how they did this last week. There's a beautiful picture of them gathering together under the talit, um, as a family, their talit as a family. You can do that if you're prepared. I want to encourage you, get prepared, have your talit ready. If you don't have a talit in the days to come, in the weeks to come, I'm sure you can find a way to get one. And we will have a time of blessing. But even if you don't have a talit, the talit's not a magical instrument. Even if you don't have a talit, you can gather your family together, all the generations. You can worship together. And then right after worship, we're going to have just a few moments where I want to pray a blessing over you and your family, over you and your children, over all the generations of you together. Now, if you're in the same house or you've gathered together into the same house to, to watch and participate in Live From Home together, that will be great. But I also want to speak to those of you who have family far away in other places. And I can tell you this, give them a call, text them, email them tonight, connect with them and invite them to worship together with you tomorrow morning at 10.30 on Live From Home. Invite them to sing during the time of singing and you do the same. If you have people with you who are watching with you, then sing together during the time of worship. And let's make every place that, that we are a place of worship together, singing and worshiping together. And then invite them to participate in this time of blessing because the blessings of God really make a difference. And then we can study together. You can do this and turn this time into a time of fellowship and a time of connection and a time of building spiritual value with your family that's close, 
and with your family that is far away. I want to encourage you to do that and to really put your effort into this. Before we go on, I want to share with you some sad news. Florence Woods, who's very dear to us, lost her husband, Willie, yesterday. He passed away yesterday. He had just gone into hospice, and the end came so much sooner than she could have imagined. And we want to pray right now for comfort, for flow. We want to pray for comfort for her family and for the love of God to be poured out. And those of you that love Florence, would you... Take time in the comment section right now to add your prayers on her behalf. I want to pray for her, and I want to encourage you, reach out to her in any tender way that you can as you see fit during this time as she has begun to mourn. Lord, we thank you for Willie's life. We thank you for Willie and for Florence, for their marriage, for their children, for their grandchildren, and we pray that during this time of sorrow that they would draw close to you and to each other and that you would bring comfort to them and pour out compassion upon them that they could weep with you and they could receive comfort from you. Let it be, Lord, that the family can comfort one another, that the comfort that you give one can be spread to the others, that they'll speak tenderly to each other and show compassion and kindness. I pray, Lord, for wisdom, for flow, as she's having to make decisions and together with the family about the arrangements to be made and everything having to do with the funeral. Lord, show your mercy to them, we pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you all for taking time to do that. A couple of other matters for prayer. Rand Garver had emergency eye surgery this week. He had a partially detached retina that needed emergency surgery. He had the surgery and it went well. And he's now back at home and he is recovering. He has to spend really five days face down so that there can be better healing for this retina. And it's five days of tedium and boredom ad nauseum, if you can imagine. It, it's just a difficult time. And the more he can sleep, the better. But um, we want to just pray for Rand. We want to thank the Lord for the success of the surgery and for a complete healing. Lord, thank you for Rand Garber. Thank you for protecting him and his sight. You give sight to the blind. He would have been blind had this gone on even a little bit longer and the retina fully detached. But Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much, Lord, for your kindness. And we thank you for the ways that you're bringing skilled surgery and recovery to Rand. We pray for complete healing in Yeshua's name. Amen. A couple more things, but before I just noticed that I was sitting right under um, a dog. It looked like the dog was sitting on my head. And actually, when I opened my eyes when I was praying, it actually made me want to laugh. A couple more people to be praying for. Steve Mowry, who was robbed at Knife Point the other day. And we want to pray for recovery of everything that was lost and for, for repentance for the one who robbed him. 
Lord, we thank you for Steve's life and his protection. We pray that everything that the enemy tried to steal from him would be returned and that it would be paid back even sevenfold. Bless Steve and help him, Lord, not be troubled too much in his mind and in his heart with the memories of this attack. And we also wanna pray for Manuel Perez. Maria let me know that Manuel's workshop was broken into and his mower was stolen. And we wanna pray for recovery. And we want to pray as well for, uh, for security and protection for the future. Lord, we thank you for Manuel and for Maria Perez. And we pray for recovery of what was stolen and restoration of what was lost. We pray for protection as well, that they would be protected from the attacks of the enemy, from the thief who wants to plunder and steal. In Yeshua's name, amen. Let me change the subject to our the work we're doing on in-person gatherings. I, I want to let you know that we're working carefully very diligently on the plans for our in-person gatherings at the synagogue. And we're organizing our ministry teams. We've been working for some time, putting together our system of protocols, our disinfecting processes and cleaning processes, obtaining um, the best services that we possibly can, as well as putting together the RSVP system for seating uh, for indoors. And we wanna protect everyone who participates from um, community spread of coronavirus. And we wanna make a safe space for everyone who participates. So if you're a member or if you're in the membership process, those of you who are in the membership process, you will be received into membership. We haven't forgotten about you. If you're already part of the Beth Israel Mishpacha, we'll be communicating with you in the week ahead about our plans. And we'll do that through email and through postal mail. And we will let you know about details that will be important to you so that you can let us know if you want to participate and we can, we can figure out how to schedule the different uh, family groups to participate. In-person attendance will be by invitation, so you'll be hearing from us soon. And we will find a way so that everybody will have turns to participate. Thanks for your continued prayers, for your support and your goodwill. We're very excited as, we're, um, as we can see the light and we can make plans. And even while we're in the middle of this July 4th weekend, which, you know, the numbers are just terrible all over the country. But even as we're going through this and as even as we're seeing um, spikes, unheard of spikes here in Florida and demands on healthcare professionals that, that are growing and growing. Even as we're doing that, we believe that it's important for us to have a way to protect everyone from community spread and yet to be able to get together. So we're working on that. It's, it's a lot of work, believe me. It's not a simple thing. It's not just an, uh, an easy task. There are a lot of moving pieces to, the, to, to this whole process, but we've got a good group that's been working on it, and we will let you know in the, the coming two weeks everything that you'll need to know. 
Well, right now I want to give thanks to everyone at Beth Israel for your continuing support, your faithful and steady giving. Really gives us stability and it enables us not only to continue to do what we're doing, but to expand what we're doing and then to add this marvelous medium of live streaming together with in-person gatherings in the future and to have a way that we can we can connect every kind of person from nearby and far away. Your faithful and steady support makes that possible. And your continued giving, your faithful continued giving really makes a difference. We're grateful for your generosity and for your cheerfulness as well, and your sacrificial giving as well with your tithes and your offerings. And I can tell you that as we resume in-person gatherings, even with uh, size limits that are required um, during these times, we will have additional expenses at every service for the disinfecting cleaning process, as well as having JSO and security during these difficult times. Excuse me. Your sacrificial giving for support for that really will make a difference in what we're doing. If you want to support Beth Israel, here's how you can do it. Go to BethIsraelNow.com giving, and that webpage will tell you how you can participate in Giving Fire and how you can use PayPal, our two online giving uh, platforms that are very easy to use and very secure, and also how you can use the mail. You can find our address so you can send checks or use your bank's bill pay service in order to uh, send your support to us. Now, I want to close with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel, and then we'll return to the Rose family with a final worship song. So gather together with your family. If you can, bring them close and let's pray together. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. So I want to say Shabbat Shalom. Now let's welcome the Rose family for a final worship song. Deepest heart, God of mercy. 
an urgent prayer that my heart's desire is to you draw near holy unto Thank you for joining us tonight, and Shabbat Shalom.